your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Adrian goes under center this time. Mills, the deep back. Turn and toss it to Mills off the left side. He's to the 10. Stiff arms a man. Five dives. He is in. Touchdown, Nebraska. Diedrich Mills finds the end zone from 14 yards out. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Josh Hilkeman in tonight for Ben. As we welcome you back to another week of Sports Alley here on the Husker Sports Summer. Can you believe it? We're about ready to put a bow on June. Today is the 29th. Tomorrow is the last day of the month, the 4th of July, coming up in five days. Have you been hearing some fireworks in your neighborhoods? I have. A little bit. Not much yet. It, it will get going, right, as we get closer to the 4th of July. Oh, baby. That is all good. Fun stuff. So, uh, hope you had a good weekend. It's going to be nice and hot all week long, but it is the 4th of July. So, heck, there you go. That's what it's going to be like uh, moving forward uh, for all of us. Josh had this in the ticker, and this is the lead for us tonight. Um, as Scott Frost today met with uh, writers from the Omaha World Herald and also the Lincoln Journal Star and saying that uh, they have been the athletic department and Husker football has been testing student athletes all the way back to April the 3rd. And to this point, 250 tests have been done, eight positives. That's a really low rate. I don't have my calculator in front of me, Josh, but that is a low number. So eight out of 250. Uh, two, six of them are football players, two in other sports, and there is a coach, uh, including a coach, that has tested positive. Uh, and the longest time that any athlete has spent in quarantine was 27 days. That's really good news. I don't know that the rest of the country follows that, but um, I know we've been kind of wondering if, Josh, if Nebraska would release some of these numbers. They did today, and, and the head coach acted like he's he's been wanting to kind of get some of these out because he thinks it's a good story to tell. Right. He's proud of the way that he and the program have handled things because they were on top of it from the very beginning trying to put together a plan right away when things kind of hit in, in March, and then they, you know, they put a – protocol in place for how they would have athletes return he told the story of how adrian martinez made his way back to lincoln after he had gone home so there was there are a lot of different you know things that were put in place that allowed the team to come back to lincoln safely without spreading anything or trying or being exposed to anything along their way back and then when they got back, they were able to put some different testing measures in place as well, which it sounds like they've not just been all tested once. They've been tested multiple times. And like you said, that is a, a low number over the 250 plus student athletes that have been tested and staff that have been tested. It sounds like I did the quick math on the calculator and it was about 3%. So that's, yeah. that's not bad at all. And then the best part of it is, is that those that did test positive it sounds like they only experienced relatively mild symptoms so all that's good news and i think that coach frost should be proud and and want to share those numbers sam McEwen's got a pretty good story up at omaha.com about all of this saying that uh after he was one of the reporters in the meeting with the head coach today uh said that adrian martinez was really the first one back as they started this plan right after spring break ended uh, Martinez flew back from California and was directed to move quickly through the airport to a waiting car that had already been installed with a divider. From there, he was driven to a suite-style quarantine dorm on Nebraska's campus and given a room number. 
A key had been taped to the door of the suite there. Martinez waited until April the 3rd when Nebraska administered their first COVID-19 tests to a core group. And then the numbers that we gave you a moment ago, about eight being tested positive, six of them involved with a football player. Um, Frost said the only symptoms experienced by football players were sore throat, a one-day fever spike, or a two-day loss of taste. Those are the only symptoms that they've had. Um, Now, the Omaha World-Herald had a story last week kind of criticizing Nebraska for not being more forthright with their numbers, like some schools have really been open books about what they've been doing. And uh, Scott Frost said, hey, we've been elbows deep in this situation for a long time. We decided to release some information because, again, we feel like we have a good story to, to say if it was, um, you know. So they, they've done a good job. In fact, they said that they told individuals that if they were coming back to Lincoln, that once they cross the border, don't stop. Come right back and get yourself in the dorm so that we can control what you do. So Nebraska really has put that proverbial bubble up around their football team. Um, will it help? It may help here, but I guess the problem is – you don't play yourself. You you got you got to have opponents to play, and Dennis Dodd, who we've had on this program from time to time, Josh from CBS Sports, he's got a story up, kind of kind of pointing out that this is this is going to be a tough chore to get college football up and going in a couple of months. We've been hearing news about Clemson's high percentage rate. Alabama's got a bunch of student athletes. Kansas State. Uh, had 14 tests positive in about a seven-day period. They end up stopping their their voluntary workouts. They put a halt to those until they can kind of get this under control. So while Nebraska, Josh, may be in really good shape, I guess the bigger concern is, will anybody else be in good enough shape to play a game against us? <laughs> yeah, no, that is 100% the question. And I think that, you know, it, it, it's a tough debate because – Schools like you mentioned Clemson and I think Oklahoma State and maybe a few others have announced their numbers and Clemson's was very high, you know, in the 40s, which it's people have been saying, well, maybe they'll get to the point where the entire team has tested positive and then they're all fine and are immune to getting it. So that might be the case. I don't know. But I I still think that Coach Frost is is correct in his thinking of let's be safe with this and they've done that from the beginning and you, you don't want to just expose all of your players to the thing and try to get it through the, the team I don't think that's the correct way of doing it either if that happens to happen then maybe that's that's okay too but you're right the the whole question is what teams are you going to be able to play what are the other schools going to look like what will they what will they allow their teams to do as far as traveling and what will the schedule look like if depending on which teams choose to play and don't play and et cetera, et cetera. There's just so much that still has to be decided. And I, I think that we're, we're still a long, long way away from knowing exactly what this season's going to look like. Coming up on Saturday, we'll be eight weeks out. Um, two months basically out from the start of the season. I, I just don't know if this is I, – and I've been trying to be optimistic during all this, but I, I, I guess the clock is ticking away. We're getting closer now. And I, I just I don't know how you're going to make that leap from being able to only work out with about 10 guys in a weight room to then having full-scale practices. That's a big leap ahead yeah. for this. Uh, one more quote from, from the Omaha World-Herald story posted by Sam McEwen after the sit-down with the head coach today. Quote, if I was in a college town 
where they brought the whole team back and there are 20 or 30 kids positive, I'd be a little upset. It's important for me to highlight the jobs of all these guys that have done to get this and make sure it's been done safely here in Lincoln and how the state of Nebraska knows how important the health is to the whole this whole process. So kudos to Nebraska. I really, I really think the athletic department, Bill Moose, on down the way that they have tried to kind of form a bubble here to make this possible I think it speaks really highly of the way Nebraska has listened to the medical experts. But, again, it takes two to tango. The old saying there, it takes two to, <laughs> two to have a game. And, and that's in every sport, whether it's if we're talking soccer or volleyball or Husker football in the fall, it's going to take more than that. But kudos to Nebraska. That When I heard that number this afternoon, I was really impressed because we've heard far greater numbers than that at campuses that, that haven't been at it as, maybe as long as Nebraska. And the Huskers have been a full month of doing this because Nebraska was – they had foots on the ground ready to go June 1st when yeah. the NCAA opened up that moratorium to get going. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why they were able to get going right away on June 1st. I feel like there was some kind – some criticism from – outside the program of why are they starting right away are they ready to go but from what it seems like has been happening over the past few months they were ready for it they had done all their groundwork they had gotten advice from the medical experts like you said from UNMC coach Frost mentioned a couple of them in that story that you talked about and I they were ready for it and I think that they they knew what they were doing when they were coming back right away June 1st when the NCAA allowed them to so I you know like you said it's it's pretty impressive they've done it safely so far and i think that they're doing everything in their power in order to have a season yep again time will tell we still have two months to kind of fiddle with this a little bit i don't know how much this is going to play out uh in the next couple of weeks i I really felt like maybe even a week from today we would hear something from the commissioner of the big 10 conference about we are our intentions are to go full bore I don't know that the league is going to be ready to do that, nor other leagues as well. Some other issues that were brought up in the uh, the interview today with, with the coach were, do you just play a conference-only schedule? And Scott Frost said, if you talk to any coach in our league, they don't want to do that. They don't want to just play 12 games against teams in their own league. They don't want to go down that path. Um, so I'm not sure that's off the table per se, but I, I don't think you get much support from the coaches to say, yeah, we want to line up and play 12 conference football games. Well, and I think that th- there are a lot of things that are probably not feasible about that. One of the things is is that conferences these days are so far out of whack as far as where they're at regionally. It's not like you're playing all teams close to you. And, you know, I've seen different stories. There was one out today from Sports Illustrated that had basically eight new conferences that would be aligned super according to region. And so, I mean, that would take a whole lot of effort and time that probably isn't reasonable to do. But um, there are a lot of reasons why they won't play an all-conference schedule. Coach Frost mentioned that it's just it's hard enough to play nine conference games, much less 12 or more than nine. So I think that that's a big reason why you just get beat up so much if you're going to play that many games in conference. And then what I said, it's you're traveling outside of outside of the region anyway to play those conference games most likely so it doesn't really make sense to me either and he said that the support for that would be zero percent in the big 10 which makes it seem like that's not going to happen 
Yeah. One of the theory, and Pat Forty has that story up on SI.com that you referenced about breaking everything into regions a little bit. Um, the, the one There's another theory floating around that maybe you just play your division yeah. in the Big Ten. You play them home and away. So there's your 12 games. You play Iowa twice, Minnesota twice, Wisconsin twice, Illinois on down the line. You finish out your division, and then you move on. So I think, I think there's still some things in play for the uncertainty of the season for the fall. Um, but, again, I'm proud of what Nebraska's done and what they released today. I think it was a pretty good sign, and Nebraska's really taken this thing very seriously and has done, have done a very good job of trying to create a bubble for their football team to be a part of. Delighted to be joined now on our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline by the lead columnist of the Omaha World Herald, Tom Chattel. Good evening, sir. How are you? Are you a big fireworks guy or not? Nope. And I got a dog to prove it. <laughs> um, no, I've never been a fireworks guy, but they surround me more and more. They're creeping closer and closer to my house every year. So um, I just I, I lock myself in a closet, and I come out later. Are you hearing them yet? Have they started? Oh, yeah. And uh, you know what? It's the only, really the only sign that I know that there's a summer. Because I, I, I don't know where I am or what, what time it is. Um, what day it is because um, my calendar, my body and clock and calendar is set to sporting events and school. If it's the Masters, it must be April. If it's the Derby, it's May. If it's the U.S. Open and the World Series, it's June. I haven't had any of that. So I, I don't know where I'm at. Uh, so <laughs> fireworks should at least give me a little bit of that this year, but uh, – I mean, we're going to have an NBA in August. I wonder what the heck's going on. I know our body clocks are going to be all out of whack a little bit. Well, your your publication was one of the two papers that had a chance to hear from the head football coach today. What did you make of some of the information that he passed along? I was really glad to see it and hear about it. Um, I think I've wondered about it. Maybe a lot of us have wondered about it. Um, and I thought it was the way it was done, the protocol, the plan, uh, the execution. I thought it was very smart. I thought it was uh, it, it was just well done overall. And I, I appreciated hearing about it. Um, I know this is a coach and a staff that doesn't like to tell you about injuries. You're not going to hear about them. You're not going to know. But this is different. And I think um, we are, you know, I think we need to, we don't need to know names. I think that that's planned. But um, unless they want to, unless they want to tell us about it, fine. But uh, I think the fact that they have had positive tests, I, I'd, I'd like to know about that. And I think you know, it, going forward, I think we're going to have some games. I don't know how many games. I'm not that smart, but um, we have games. You know, you're going to want to know. It. And you, because of testing, uh, the positive tests will not be on the field. But we're, you know, you want to know that uh, if the other guys had some or not. So I, th- I think I think full disclosure is a, a good idea here. Again, visiting with Tom Chattel of the Omaha World Herald. You can read his work online at omaha.com. It's been a, a tough couple of weeks for the Nebraska Athletic Department. They let go uh, some longtime staff members a few weeks ago. How about the job Bill Moose has done in your eyes? I mean, this is 
they don't teach this kind of stuff to you in athletic director 101. I mean, these guys are having to kind of learn about all this on the fly a little bit. How about his performance in the last couple of months? Well, yeah, none of us have been through this. Uh, There's a playbook. Um, You have to use common sense and smarts and hopefully, um, you know, a little bit of patience. Uh, It's such a uh, a tendency to overreact right now, react quickly and emphatically. And you can't. Two weeks ago, we were planning on the season. You know, the NCAA was telling us, you know, you could have many camps and practices, and here we go. Now, two weeks later, uh, Florida's crazy, Texas is nuts, other states are, are, are lighting up, and uh, everybody's ready to kind of shut it down again. So I'd like to know where we are in a month. And, uh, and I've got a senior going to college this fall. I'm very aware of that. Um, I think what you the, the best as a parent um, – you can hope for is sending your kid away to college is do they have a plan is, is, uh, you know, are they, are they, are they going to watch over them and make sure they're okay? Is there a place to go if they are positive? Um, I think that's got to be the number one priority for Moose. Um, yeah, they, they got a nice, um, you want to call it nest egg or a reserve egg, uh, it's around sixty million, um, and, and that was a very smart thing that they've done. Uh, you know, way way back, you know, ten years ago, at least or so ago, uh, they started doing that. Uh, now that's only going to last so long, but it's nice to have that. I mean, you can't use it all right now, unfortunately. So, you know, he's going to juggle some things, and um, this thing is terrible. It's uh, it impacts lives. Uh, relationships, jobs, um, it's bad. And um, that's the really, really bad part of this. Um, well, I'm with certainly lives lost, uh, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, we'll see what, what happens going forward. But um, I don't think people have said, well, what do you think about the season? I don't think I even care what, what the record is. Or I'm not going to judge anything on this season. In fact, I think uh, it's. It, I think it, it, it can work out uh, really well for Scott Frost's program to have a year where they, there aren't really a big expectations and they get a lot of practice time. It's to it be like a three-month spring football with, with some games uh, in there. So that's kind of what this program needs. Again, visiting with Tom Chattel, who just posted a column within the last hour called First Downs and Second Guesses, and you tackled that topic right there about maybe it's only seven or eight games, and it, it might be a good thing in the long run for Scott Frost. How big a year is year three for him? And if it's if it's a cockeyed year where you only get seven or eight games, maybe it buys him some time to get this program headed in the right direction, right? Well, that's what I'm thinking, and – uh, look, it's it's going to be 11 games because South Dakota State came out and said, we aren't testing anybody. We can't afford it. So we're not playing that game. And there's no way they're playing that game. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> so, I mean, right now it's 11 games, and there's a bye week on September 19th. Um, unless South Dakota State suddenly decides to start doing something. But, you know, you're going to want a lot of proof. Before he, after what he said last week, so um, 
Yeah, but I, I see this. You know, we all hailed, you know, Scott when he came back, uh, the conquering hero. I hadn't really conquered anything. I mean, he did it. went undefeated in UCF, and uh, to me, that's the blueprint of what we're going to see uh, eventually when they get the players in there. Um, but, you know, Scott got a lot of credit. hadn't done a whole lot yet. So this is a five- or six-year project for me. It, it is, and this is year three. And you want to go to a bowl game. Well, what if there's no bowl game? Well, sorry. Uh, I guess, you know, whatever. But, you know, you want to have a 500 or better record this year. Well, what if there's only so many games? I don't know. I can't figure that out. I'm not, again, I'm not that smart. But year three, it needs to start coming together, uh, cutting on the penalties and mistakes, uh, being able to cover a, a stupid kickoff. I mean, you kidding me? So being able to kick it into the end zone. So um, these are things that need to start happening. Uh, the quarterback's position, so important in this program, uh, needs to step up, which it did in year one, uh, by the way. So anybody that's giving up on Martinez, I think, is, is absolutely crazy. Uh, but he needs some more help. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think the offense, it's, it's, it'll be more physical. But the depth is still not there yet. This is this is a league that I like to make fun of, but I mean it's it's uh, it's, it's it's good football, and they're deep, and they they all know who they are, and they don't give up, and they're all shooting for Scott. You know, he he came in and said a couple of things that we we like to write, but it was uh, it was <laughs> they're out to get him. So you know, I, I think. Year four, five, or six. I'm, I'm looking at that. Um, you know, but just look at me. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm, I've been here almost 30 years. Now suddenly I'm, I'm into patience. Uh, who, my younger self would, would never have believed it. Tom, you, uh, you talked about your sports clock is off because we haven't had the events that kind of mark time throughout the year. How, how damaging has the last several months been just to the city of Omaha with some of those big events that have been canceled in the sporting world for that community? Well, we're a tough town, uh, very resilient, like all of Nebraska. Yeah, it hurts. Uh, again, economy, jobs. Uh, I lost my favorite shop at the World Series. Uh, the dugout is closing, and uh, all my T-shirts and my hats and my and all my all my all my trinkets are going away. Um, but things like that, you know, we're losing we're losing restaurants, we're losing staples uh, in our community, and yeah, it's it's hard. It's a tough go. Um, I think we're going to get them back, and um, you know, we're, we're going to get it all back next year. It's going to be a heck of a spring, um, and I'm I'm uh, I'm 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 challenging John Cook to push that volleyball season into the spring. I think where it where where volleyball season belongs, and where it can really grow, and that's John Cook's dream as well. Uh, and this pandemic may give him the opening to do that. Um, but we're supposed to get the volleyball final four here in December. Well, I'm not sure how many fans are going to be allowed to do stuff uh, by then. It'll be it's going to be flu season. It'll be kicking off. We don't know what this will do with flu season. Uh, I don't even want to think about it, but. So I, I'm not sure how much volleyball is going to get done uh, next year in the fall. So 
I would really, I mean, why not, you know, and John even mentioned it to me, like, eh, maybe this is the year we go spring. I go, yes, sir, do it. Uh, I think it'd be, can you imagine, you know, volleyball could own the spring along with college baseball. Um, if you could have volleyball, baseball, double headers, man, you could, you could do all kinds of things. Um, the, 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 the trick around here would be, um, okay, volleyball final four better be before the World Series, and it better be before the uh, swim trials. <laughs> right. So, um, but I think, yeah, it, it's been, to answer your question, tough, tough year, but we're very resilient. We're, uh, we're tough, and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all going to come back, and we're going to love them even more next year. Well, Tom, I, I appreciate it. I, I, I dream of the days that we're with, we've got this behind us and we're back at press conferences and we're talking about games and we're questioning coaches' calls and all those things that we love to do. Yes, I'm, ready for, yes. I'm ready for that to come back. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Amen. All that stuff, brother. Um, we'll see. Again, I want, it's, it's uh, July 1st on Wednesday. Let's see where we are in late July. If, yeah. if we start doing the right things, I, I think this thing going to turn back around a little bit. I hope you're right. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Greg. Well, good time to catch up with an old friend of mine, Matt Walters, who's been – man, are you coming up on like two decades of being the sideline guy at K-State? Is that Would that be about right, Matthew? <laughs> uh, I think this year is either 15 or 16. Yeah. So we're, we're getting closer. Man, that's a that's a long. I can't believe they still put up with you down there to let you do that for that long. Well, I mean, they're they're desperate at times, so they're, <laughs> they can get. Well, K State's had a lot of news around the the football program and the campus. I mean, you couldn't get you couldn't watch an ESPN or a Fox Sports today without seeing it on the crawl. For our audience, update what's going on. Apparently, what a young man on campus made tried to make a joke about George Floyd. And it's got everybody up in arms. Well, give me the the lowdown on this thing. Well, I mean, I mean, to me, if it was if it was meant to be a joke, boy, it was a really bad one, uh, Greg. And uh, I know when I when I read it the first half dozen times, I didn't, I personally didn't see anything funny about it. Um, yeah, and that's you know, it's it's kind of this day and age in social media. There's the the comment that's made, this young man, um, I would say, uh, I don't want to say became newsworthy, but arrived in the news earlier this year for some things on the K-State campus. But uh, <clears throat> it spread like, you know, it spread like crazy. It spread like wildfire and uh, rightfully so. There's a lot of people, both, young and old that are upset by what's taken place. And it just is, you know, it's compounded what's, what's gone on the last, you know, few weeks in our country. And, um, you know, right now, uh, K-State football, the, their voluntary workouts are done until July 13th. So there's no football workouts going on. And, you know, there are a number of, of student athletes that said, we're not going to, we're not going to practice. We're not going to play. We're not going to do anything until the university takes some steps to, you know, combat this racism and bigotry. And I, I think K State is on its way, like any university. At least I would hope Greg would be. Um, you know, it's um, it's it's 
amazing to me what's what's going on right now. But you know, this is this is unprecedented times, and you know, all the coaches are totally backing their student athletes, as you would expect, and you know, I'm, the university is as well. But today, President Myers. Uh, you know, asked the, his administration to fast track a, a policy regarding racism and bigotry to you know get some get some enhanced, get some better policies in place. So, you know, that's not going to happen within the snap of a finger. I'm, I'm hoping there's some things in place within you know the next couple of weeks. At least that's that's kind of what I'm being told will will take place. Matt, up here in, in Lincoln, a couple of years ago, they, there was a student on campus who was a self-proclaimed white supremacist who took out. He wrote a column in the student newspaper, and it really stirred everybody up. Was this is this young man is is he identified as that as such, or is he just a guy who's not afraid to speak his mind and gets out there and goes way past the point of a correct type of speech? Yeah, I wouldn't call him a columnist. To my knowledge, Sharpie, he didn't put anything in in K-State's, um, you know, student newspaper. Um, there was a, a group that, you know, he's been associated with on campus. I guess you could call it a club. It is not a club that is sanctioned or recognized by K-State because it has so few members in it. But uh, he was vocal with some things that, that he said and, and did back, um, you know, in early – 2020 i want to say february um and you know it's i i don't want to say he you know left the news but obviously you know he came back front and center with with what's been going on um i have no idea where this young man lives uh to be honest i don't care where this young man lives um but you know it's just it's it's beyond sad and embarrassing and you know what and I think you get this, Sharpie, and I think your listeners do too. Let's just let's just say the shoe was on the other foot, and this young man did attend Nebraska. And you gave an example a moment ago. You know, I'm not going to think, "Wow, Nebraska supports," and you know, this is this is the kind of young person that comes from this school or this state. No, that's not how it works. Um, he has First Amendment rights. I, I disagree with what he has said and how he's gone about it, but um, it's uh, it again is just it's extremely disappointing. Well, and, and Chris Kleiman, that football coach, is is now dealing with this and this after yes. I think workouts began what mid June and they had thirteen or fourteen positive tests right away, so we shut those down a little bit. Um, and you and I talked earlier today. Uh, I don't know how this is going to get done, Matt. I, I don't know how we're playing football in two months. I'm, I'm in Mr. Optimistic, Mr. Sunshine. We're going to get this under control, and we're going to be able to have some semblance of football in the fall. I don't know. I mean, maybe you think differently, but I, I, I just don't know how we go from having these small group workouts to having full practices and then games in a couple of months. Well, when the players return, and again, it wasn't – I don't think it was every single player all at once, but, you know, they, they kind of come back in waves. And from what I understand – Greg is the the positive cases of the young people that wound up being positive cases were from out of state that came back to Kansas State and then you know like you said at the snap of a finger you've got double figure positive cases uh, you, you got to get a hold of it you got to get things shut down and uh, I have I have not spoken with Chris Kleiman much in the last three months I did talk to him last week. And one thing he said to me was that I've worked harder in the last four months than I've worked my entire coaching career. 
because they, they've just been, you know, coaches all across the country have been dealing with stuff they've not really had to deal with before. And, you know, and you think about it, Greg, it's the, the, the K-State football team is a source. They're Aggieville. There have been some businesses closed down that they're a, a source of where positive COVID tests have come. Um, but, you know, K-State doesn't even have its students back. And in the last 10 days, the the cases in Riley County have more than doubled. They're, they're, they haven't quite tripled, but they've more than doubled, and uh, they're, they're, they're doing their best. I'm like you. You know, I was on a couple, and you'll remember this guy, Robert Allen, who's the sideline reporter for Oklahoma State. Um, mm-hmm. Good friend. He asked me um, a week ago today, at the end of our interview, he said, Matt, what's your, what's your heart tell you and what's your gut tell you? And I said, I, I have a hard time thinking that we're going to have um, – there's no way we're going to have a, a whole football season, if you ask me. It's not going to be 12 games. It's going to be stop and start or start and stop, and there's going to be issues. And I'm, I'm like you, Greg. Right now it's hard to hard to think that in late August, early September, we're going to be firing up and having – you know, 50, 60, 90, 100,000, whatever stadiums hold people in attendance, um, it's it's difficult. I mean, ever since that night, Greg, at Point Family Stadium, when I finished the second inning of a baseball game and I look at my phone and it says the NBA season is suspended, uh, you know, my head's kind of literally been spinning because this is just, this is off the charts. Yeah, no doubt. Busy with Matt Walters, who is with the K-State Radio Network, does sidelines in football and also does baseball for the Wildcats. Chris Kleiman, I want I want your thoughts on him. He took over for the legend in Bill Snyder. That's really difficult to do when you take over for somebody who the stadium's named after. But it seems to be a pretty good fit. What was your thoughts of, of his first year in Manhattan? Totally agree. It's been a great fit. Uh, he has done... Tremendous things. Uh, you know, he brought in, um, uh, I think, a very good staff. He only lost one member from last year's uh, staff, and that was Scotty Hazelton, who took the D.C. job at, at Michigan State. Um, you know, with with what the roster looked like last year, the fact that K-State did what it did, I thought was uh, beyond a job well done. Um you know, Coach, hey, when when you do what he did and his coaches did up at North Dakota State, yes, it's a different level, but they know how to win and they know how to recruit. And it's just going to take a little bit of time to, for them to get instilled what they want down here. But on the recruiting front, it's been remarkable. Um, they're just – they're really getting after it um, and not just – you know, in the region, they want to lock down Kansas and Missouri. I think they'll do good things in Nebraska and Oklahoma and so forth. But, yeah, last year was uh, was a very good season, all things considered. I think better than most expected. And uh, I think a lot of people, and rightfully so, are looking for good things to come down the road. Any truth to the rumor that he, he just wanted to get away from Jeff Colhane and leave North Dakota State? Was did that factor at all in, in his decision? Well, you know about getting away from <laughs> Jeff Colhane. I'm, I'm totally with you on that one. I've, I, I tip my cap. He wanted to get out of Fargo simply because of that guy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. All right, everything else okay? You healthy, happy, good? Life's good. It's uh, Like you said, I can't believe it's almost the 4th of July weekend. Uh, it's just a little odd in our world right now, but 
family's healthy and there's not um, not a lot to um, let me rephrase that. There's a lot to be thankful for. Let's put it that way. But uh, best wishes to my friends, including you north of the border, and uh, and pray, be understanding, and, and pray for our friends and our country, and hopefully things get turned around and headed in a better direction. Pretty odd times we're living in right now. All right, Matt, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your summer, and then be careful on Fourth of July. I know you're a big fireworks guy, so be careful out there. <laughs> Right, Sharpie. Take care. Appreciate the invite. It's time for this week's weekend winners. Josh, what do you have? Well, I actually wrote down a couple because I wasn't sure what you were going to have, but uh, I'm going to go with the NBA. And I know that they came out with a schedule on Friday, so technically not the weekend, but they released their full schedule. And then over the weekend, you started seeing uh, Vegas come out with betting lines. So that's been really the first, I mean, real sport that, you know, team sport that you can have games and, and, and bet on. So the NBA coming out with their full schedule. Now, I know that they're not even going to start until after Major League Baseball comes back but just to see games with times and tv next to them like that just it kind of warmed my heart when i saw that come out i'm with you um lakers are the favorites right they gotta be i would think so they lost avery bradley he said he's not going to play the rest of the season but i think that they're probably at the top of that list yeah i'm gonna go to a lake in northern wisconsin brian trisha and brady hurt were out fishing on Marsh Miller Lake when they spotted an animal in the lake with a plastic tub over his head. So they steered their fishing boat over, and it was a small bear who had gotten his head stuck in this plastic tub. So they maneuvered the boat. I think the son was driving. The dad is reaching down into the lake to try to pull the tub off of the bear. They get to him once, and he doesn't quite get it off, and the bear kind of moves away from the boat, so they have to circle the boat back around, and then do another run at him, and the dad this time is able to get that tub off that bear's head, and he's able to swim to shore and and get off the go. That's a really cool story. There's video on Twitter. Nice. uh, Because I think the the wife was videoing it with her phone, so you've got the video of the tub rescue of the bear. How (laughs) cool is that? I love it. I love it. I mean, obviously, it's it's really sad to think about how – how often that probably happens and there's nobody there to help out uh, animals that are caught like that. But when it does happen, it's it's awesome. You know, you see videos of like a, a deer being stuck in the lake and they can't get out and people going out to rescue him. Stuff like that, it, it just kind of warms your heart. It's good. You can't you can't go along with animal stories either. <laughs> no, no, right? not I mean, at those, all. Those are the things that always work. Also want to give a shout out. We, you know, we've stopped doing the weekend rewind because there just haven't been enough sports to go. But a shout out to Dustin Johnson who won the the, uh, the golf tournament over the weekend. He's now won 21 tournaments, and he's won 13 straight years. He has won at least one tournament, and he joins a really prestigious list of golfers like Nicholas and Tiger, and I think um, Phil's in that category as well. But what what a win for Dustin Johnson. What a career he's had. Yeah, well, that was actually my, my the second one I had written down for a weekend winner, so I'm glad you mentioned that. He's he's had a really really great career he he's been done it pretty quietly for the most part but he's just so consistent like you 
said, the the fact that he's done one at least one tournament in in 13 consecutive years, and then you know his 21st overall victory in his career, I, he, he's so good, and I I think that he kind of maybe gets overshadowed every once in a while. When, you know, when a a new name like a Jordan Spieth pops up, and then obviously you've always had Tiger and Phil kind of taking the headlines, but he's a guy that's that's really good, and it, it's kind of cool to to see him keep on keeping on only one major and that's probably what's held him back right. but to the consistent it's hard to win a tournament oh, yeah. on the tour and to do it in 13 straight seasons is remarkable um he he's moving up a list too where he's he tied davis love and lanny watkins for 30th all-time in pga tours wins he's one win away from rain Raymond Floyd, three from Gary Player, four from Johnny Miller. So he's in a high, high category and just seems like a pretty good dude, actually. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, he seems like a good guy. And just to be able to avoid injury long enough to be able to do that, you know, he's 35, 36, and he, he's been able to keep doing that basically since his early 20s. That means that he's kept healthy and been able to do that pretty consistently. So, yeah, good for him. Married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter. That's right. How about that? Fun fact. Man, those family gatherings have to be kind of cool, huh? I know. I Hang out. I always think about things like that. When it, there are a couple of different, it, I feel like it's not quite as prevalent in in sports with celebrities being you know related to each other, married and being in laws. But I always think about that whenever the holidays come around and what that has to be like. The being able to you know you're, you're Dustin Johnson, but then you go and Wayne Gretzky's at your family <laughs> gathering. You, you get overshadowed a little bit. Yeah. Oh well. You still go vote on our runs a twitter poll still plenty of time left and folks seem to be most excited about the relief pitcher rule at least they want that to be implemented permanently tomorrow night here on the program we'll revive and kind of do our last summer edition of the big 10 blitz we'll check in we have not checked in at wisconsin or minnesota or maryland we did do kind of an iowa thing with scott doctorman a few weeks ago so those may be the three we get to tomorrow night here on the program and we got to come up with a top 10 topic we'll let ben and austin weigh in on that they'll be part of that uh, tomorrow night as well here on the program and also just to remind our greatest games on friday night brought to you by the nebraska lottery is that bowl victory over the georgia bulldogs a couple of years ago in the gator bowl that's what we'll be playing back for you on friday night that'll do it for this hour of sports only another hour coming on the other side come on back